Hey, and welcome back to another episode of A Maker's Podcast. This is episode number 17. I am your host, Sean Stone. If you don't know who I am or if you're new to the podcast, you can visit amakerspodcast.com. There you can see all of the episodes, the show notes, uh, there's some other things there that are pertains to the podcast. So go check that out, amakerspodcast.com. So today's episode is going to be about past projects. I'm going to talk about some of the projects that I've completed uh, throughout the summer and talk about what I've learned from them. So stick around. Okay, so the current state of the shop is being focusing on home improvement. So I've been recording some videos that pertain to home improvement and I'm going to be doing a series on this uh, just doing some different things around the house on the outside of the house this is exterior um, or outside projects that is good for the summertime fall whatever uh, so one of the first things that we did to, the, to our house is paint it now we ended up painting the whole house brick and all just painting everything uh, and then I came back and added uh, some shutters and replaced my columns, uh, touched up some different things around the house to make it look better. Also built a little picket fence around the air unit to kind of hide that and give it a little bit better visual interest to make it look a little bit better. Uh, and also a little picket fence in front of the trash cans to hide that as well. Uh, just several small things that you wouldn't think make a difference, but they make a huge uh, difference as far as curb appeal. So we, my wife and I, we weren't really sure about painting the brick, but it was a last minute decision. And we were funny thing, funny story is we were out of, t we were on our way out of town and I called the painters and I say, look, just paint the whole house, just do the whole house, the same color, trim and all. Uh, and at the time I wasn't sure how that was going to look, but I'm glad we did it. It looks really, really good. Um, the house that we have, the windows are, the panes uh, in the windows are a darker color and the roof is dark. So I knew that would provide a little bit of contrast. And so when I, the shutters and columns, uh, I knew that I wanted to go with a walnut or a really dark chestnut color. Uh, and so that's what we did. And everything just kind of came together and it looks really, really good. So anyway, the first video that I come out that I'm be publishing is going to be on the shutters. The painting of the house won't actually be in there, but the before and after pictures uh, part of the house will be. So you guys will be able to see that. But anyway, the, the shutters is going to be a project. I'm going to do a separate video or a separate project for the columns uh, and then a separate project video for the picket fence uh, project. And then I'm also going to be doing a, a landscaping video uh, as far as designing it, planning it, uh, and before and after kind of shots. Right now I ripped up all of the, the old shrubs that were planted when the house was built back in the 80s. Uh, and so there's not really any old shrubbery and, and, and landscaping to compare it to, but that's one thing that we want to do to make sure that we have that curb appeal that we're after. Uh, so I'm not real sure if the landscaping, I know it doesn't tie into woodworking, but I'm not sure if that's a video that my audience or you guys will want to see. Um, if that's something you want to see, leave me a comment down below, uh, on the show notes of the, uh, on the website of this particular episode. It's going to be 
amakerspodcast.com, episode number 17. So anyway, you can do that or you can just tweet me or let me know somehow. And let me know if you'd want to see a landscaping video. Kind of curious. So uh, past projects, I just finished all of those projects that I just mentioned. And then the last published project that I put out on YouTube was how to make a pen for beginners. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time in the last episode of the podcast, but if you'd missed that episode, um, the last video on YouTube is how to make a pen and it's geared toward beginners. So the website article goes into detail, step-by-step how to do it, you know, how to turn it, how to set everything up. How do you put the pen together? How do you, you know, just all the, all the, the, the tools and, and parts that you need to make it happen to get into the pen turning and that kind of thing. So that was a little bit different because I did not actually uh, turn the pen in the video. I'm recording a friend of mine turning it. And so that was a, you know, it, it was actually a joy to do that just because I was a little bit more free with the type of video that I was doing. So, and the narration over the video was more of a message. Uh, and then while you're watching someone turn a pen and then the vi- the uh, website article provided all of the information that you need to actually do that. So I took a little di- a little bit different approach on that project all around and I got some good feedback. There were a couple of people that uh, preferred, you know, other ways, but that's okay. I'm just trying to you know, mix it up and, you know, see what, see what, see what I like, see what everybody else likes. Um, I know I can't please everyone. And sometimes I don't like the particular project when I get done with it, but, um, it turned out, I liked it. I liked the way that how to make a pen video and project turned out. I really enjoyed that whole process. So other side projects that I've got going on are some CNC projects. I want to make a, a sign for our front porch, uh, uh, that's something that my wife wants. And then I've got to make a couple of little signs just for my kids. And then I'm going to be doing a, not a sign project, but a, a different kind of project on the CNC and work with Inventables on that. I'm not real sure what that's going to be yet. So uh, if you've got any suggestions, leave those in the comments as well over on the website at stoneandsons.net. Uh, on the podcast tab or a makerspodcast.com episode number 17. Uh, and let me know what you guys would like to see on the CNC. As always, you can always tweet me at Stone and Sons WS over on Twitter and let me know that way as well. So that is basically what's going on in the shop. I'll, let me back up just a minute because I want to make something clear. I've, <laughs> I've gotten a couple of emails saying, uh, you're not putting out any projects, but... Uh, since the pen video, I know that's been a couple of weeks now, but I went ahead and I recorded the shutter video, the column video, the picket fence video. I've recorded all of those. I've completed all of the all of those, and I've re- uh, recorded. I've got footage for all of those projects. I'm bringing on uh, someone to help me edit, so that's what I'm working with now. Uh, so I've got three projects in the bank working on getting uh, the website article, the video edited, and all that sorts, sort of stuff around each project. And then I'll slowly start dripping those out. Um, so hopefully you'll be seeing the, the shutter video soon. I'm not sure exactly what date that'll be. So just be on the lookout. Go to my uh, website or my YouTube channel. Subscribe there uh, so you'll be sure to see those projects when they come out. 
the other thing that I'm debating on doing is com- uh, coming up with a plan for the shutters and the picket fence that can be customizable. I mean, this, this, the shutters that I made are very, very simple, and the picket fence is not hard at all either. There are some good tips in that picket fence video uh, that I was that I'm that I wanted to make sure that I included because. With the spacing, you want to make sure you get things square and that kind of thing. And I also made a little jig here in the shop to make the shutter. So there's some really good tips in these videos. Um, but I'm debating whether or not just to create some some free plans to go along with uh, those projects. So let me know if you're interested in that too. Okay, so moving on. Okay, so before we move on to the topic of discussion, I want to thank my patrons. I want to thank uh, Dylan Ray with DRA's Woodshop and Andrew Walker. They have been my dedicated patrons for some time now. And so I want to say thank you to those guys. If you want to find out more about how to support the show or support Stone and Sons, you can go to stoneandsons.net and support us in any way that you see on the website uh, under support or you can go to patreon.com slash stone and sons workshop uh, and support us in that way uh, which would be appreciated as well all right so our topic of discussion now this particular episode i am basically just getting into uh you know, the, the past projects that I have completed and, and those things have been, well, I'll just start off first of all with how to make a pen, the very last project that I did. And I want to talk about some of the things that I've learned in each of these videos. So there may be, you know, some value here that you guys can latch onto, uh, and, and take for yourself. So in the, how to make a pen video, the message that I had was, uh, basically in a nutshell is just don't skip over the process of being a maker. You know, I know when you get into pen making, it's very easy. Everybody has seen these pen videos on how to make pens. It's not very hard. Uh, once you get into it and you get all the equipment and tools and that kind of stuff, uh, to get going. But during that video, that was one thing that I took away from it was, uh, the process of being a maker. I mean, you're taking, you know, a piece of wood, you're cutting down to the, to the blanks, you're turning it to the shape that you want, putting the finishing, finishing touches on it, and then you're putting it together. And then somebody is using this to, to work with, you know, to write notes with, or whatever the case is. Uh, it's a, it's a tool that they can use for a very, very long time. Uh, and you made it. I mean, that's just really, really cool to me. And I think the process of that whole, uh, message or the the message there of being a maker and the process of being a maker is really really important and i think that helps us get through you know that gets out that gets us out of a rut or that help helps us to get through one project and into another because once you finish a project you look at this thing that you made and you're like man i did that you know i wasn't really excited about it in the beginning but I made that. That was that's cool, and so that's just the kind of that, that was what I wanted to, the message that I wanted to get out there with that video. The next project that I want to talk about is the antique vanity. Now, this particular vanity had, or this project with this vanity had a couple of different things that I wanted you guys to know, and and I mentioned them in the project. Well, the first thing in that in the vanity project was. That was a special project for me because it was my great-grandmother's. I didn't want to add any new wood to that project. I wanted to take things apart. I had to move some parts around 
the construction of it to make it actually work for my wife. And I had to take things apart and recreate things uh, without taking away from the look or the design of the original vanity. So I decided, okay, I'm not going to add any wood. I'm going to use all the original wood. I'm just going to take it apart and kind of put it back together in a different way. Uh, and then that's what I did. And so it worked, turned out great. I mean, it turned out, I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for a better outcome or result for that project. Now, the other thing with that vanity is that that was the first project well, I shouldn't say first because I have sprayed before. I spray finished the blanket chest um, that I made. Um, if you haven't seen that, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. But for the vanity, I used Rockler's spray uh, spray gun and, and rig. And it was very, very easy. Just <laughs> literally, literally just poured in the paint and water and sprayed the the vanity and it was done uh, with the other project on the blanket chest i went over to a friend's house and learned how to spray with a professional setup i'm not saying the rockler spray gun is not professional because the look uh, of the vanity and the blanket chest look very very uh, similar and finished as far as uh, the way the paint went on and laid down on the project so Great outcome, great results on both of those projects, but in the vanity project, I couldn't have asked for an easier setup as far as spraying uh, the paint, and I really enjoyed it, and the cleanup was good. There's very few parts to that thing, to the sprayer, uh, so be sure and check that out if you're interested in spraying or, uh, you know, actually you can spray uh, paint or any other kind of finish, but in that particular video, I was spraying latex paint and I had no problems. So anyway, I was happy with, with how that came out. Uh, the next project that I want to talk about is the Live Edge mantle that I did. Now I reached out to John Malecki for this one. I know that he did a lot he, that he does a lot of uh, projects and he does a lot of a lot of different uh, things with concrete and mounting mantles and that kind of thing so I reached out to him asking what he thought give me some great tips and i took that and ran with it uh, but the article goes in de into detail about how i did it but basically i've got a brick fireplace and the old mantle that was up there uh, was just basically had a very thin strip of wood and this mantle was very light and just kind of tacked into place the mantle that I put up on the wall or put on the brick fireplace is a three and a half inch thick hickory. It was a half of a slab, uh, but it was three and a half inches thick and it was really heavy. So I wanted to drill into the brick, into the mortar with my hammer drill, insert some anchors, uh, and then put in some threaded rod or bolts and then drill holes in the back side of the mantle and just slide the mantle on which worked great now there are a few things that i learned in this project uh, the first thing is when you're drilling the holes into the brick to mount the mantle you want to make sure you have all of your holes going in at the same angle because if because here's the thing i, I didn't show it in the video and i and i explained this in the project uh, but the very last bolt that i or the hole that i drilled for this particular project I drilled it at a different angle than the rest of them by accident. And so when I inserted the bolts, that one bolt was at an angle and it would not go in the hole that I drilled in the mantle. 
So I had to cut that one off, which was fine because I tend to always overdo things. And so that was the fifth bolt uh, that was going to be holding the mantle up. So four was plenty to hold this mantle up in, into place. If I had to do it all over again, I would make sure to take my time, drill the holes at the right angle, uh, and just go really, really slow and make sure that it's all going to line up perfect. Uh, and then once you get all of the holes drilled, you got the, the anchors in the wall, you put the bolts in the wall, and then you can lay your mantle on top of the bolts and just outline, take a pencil and draw where your bolts are. And that will give you the angle of each one and the location of each one. And so then you just have to transfer it up on the back side of the mantle. Anyway, watch the video. It'll make sense better than I just explained. Um, but there was... There were several things in that video um, that I walked away from thinking, I'm glad I did it that way, or I should have done it this way. Uh, but it turned out in the end, turned out great. Uh, so it's always a learning process for me in all of my projects. But I have to say that that Live Edge mantle, when I mounted that, that I really, really enjoyed that that whole project because I came away with some some new techniques. Uh, the next project that I want to talk about is the sliding barn door. Now, for this particular project, I used a, um, well, I used Poplar, but it's called Eco Poplar. And Eco Poplar looks brown, almost like walnut, but it's very, very dry. And the way it was explained to me is that that particular wood is just cooked. Uh, or, or heat treated to where all of the sap and the sugars are cooked out of the wood and you end up with this really dark wood with no sap and when you think poplar you're thinking maybe some light wood with some green tint but the eco poplar is brown it's like walnut brown with no sap uh, but it's really light and splintery and dry and so uh, Izzy had made a comment on one of my posts and said that if you were to cut this, just tape it off to where it doesn't splinter on you. And, you know, I didn't have any problems with mine and it turned out just fine. So what I did, I had some boards, I cleaned up the edges and cut biscuit holes or, you know, for biscuits in all of the edge edges of these boards. And I, that's how I joined, uh, all of these boards together to make the door. Now, a lot of people were saying, you know, what is, what's going to happen when this wood moves? It's going to, it's going to uh, twist on you. It's going to give, it's going to bow. Uh, and being a, a sliding barn door, that would prevent, I mean, that would uh, cause problems because if it twists or bowed on a barn door sliding on a rail, then you would think, well, that's not going to slide. It's going to rub up against something. It's going to catch. But as of today, that, barn door slides just like it did the day it was installed uh it's perfectly straight no cupping no twisting nothing it looks just like it did when i installed it um, i forget who made the comment or said make sure that you uh let us know how that's worked worked out and you know after several months it has gone by so i'm here to say that that project is still uh, working just fine. looks great. The next project is the DIY platform bed. I don't know if you guys uh, remember that one or not. I did a platform bed for my youngest son and built it all out of plywood. I've got, actually got a plan for that uh, over on the website. Uh, if you want to get, if you guys want to check that out, all of these links will be in the show notes, but for the DIY platform bed, I had to go back and change the plans up because 
I made my bed or my son's bed a little bit too long. And so there's a little bit of a gap after the mattress was put into place. I've got like maybe five, four inches left over, which looks kind of odd, but I've got it in a way where you can't see it. But on the plans, I changed that so that it would fit the majority of the mattresses out there. Uh, And it's, I think it's for a full size mattress. So that was one thing that I learned is I did, I did my research, but if I had to go back and do this over again, I probably would have made sure, uh, what the measurement of the mattress is before I actually built the bed because I built the bed first and then ordered the mattress. I probably would have done that backwards or opposite, um, if I did it over again. So, uh, just know if you go and get the plans for that DIY platform bed that it's corrected and it should fit your, your mattress. No problem. So anyway, it turned out great. I used some dial joinery in that also used dial joinery in the sliding barn door, uh, to give it some visual interest. And that turned out really good with the platform bed. The dials are not as visible, but it looks, I think it looks good uh, that in the, in the DIY in the, uh, sliding barn door, the dials actually go all the way through and, the DIY platform bed, they do not go all the way through. For the bed, it's just for looks, aesthetics. And so I just did it just to have a little bit of visual interest there. Uh, the last project that I want to talk about is the garage door French cleats. Now, <laughs> when I started this project or when I first mentioned that I was going to do this, I had several people say, that is uh, basically, that's dumb. <laughs> Uh, but I have to say they, it, it were, it's working out fabulous. I mean, I, I couldn't ask for a better solution for the garage doors because otherwise it's wasted space. So if you guys didn't catch that video or that project, and, and again, like I said, all these links are in the show notes if you want to check them out. But the, the garage door is where my lathe cart is. So I've got the lathe cart sitting up against the garage door. It's on casters. So if I do want to use the garage door, all I have to do is just wheel the lathe cart out of the way and I've got a cleat on the back of that lathe cart well the storage panels that are on French cleats for the garage doors all I have to do is just lift those panels off the garage door and hang them on the back of the lathe cart so it's a very very simple and effective way to store lathe tools up on the wall or using the garage door area for different things it just it Honestly, it's the best setup for me and my shop to utilize that space and get the most out of it because it it turned out it turned out better than than I could ever imagine it working as far as being a storage solution uh, and using that wall or the garage door. So really, really cool. Go check that out. Um, and honestly, if I were to do it over again, I would do it the exact same way uh, because it it's been working out great. And I have moved it. Uh, since making it so I've had to move the lathe cart out of the way took the uh, panels off the garage door and just hung them on the back of the the lathe cart and I can push the lathe cart around and my panels are there so really if I wanted to turn outside I could push the lathe cart out in the driveway and I've got a cleat on the back of that cart to hold all my tools it's not up there above the lathe but they are right there on the car and I can access it. So it's kind of cool. Very, very cool project. Um, and it's just a piece of plywood with, 
plywood with a cleat on the back and then you customize how you want to hang your tools so check out that project so that's six of my past projects that i've done i'm sorry if i just kind of stumbled and stuttered through all of that went kind of fast uh just wanted to kind of touch on these projects wrap up the summer uh and these are the the ones that i want to touch on actually these are the last projects that i've completed uh through the summer so if any of those interest you, be sure to check out the show notes and get the links for those. Uh, the website article is going to be the best bet as far as the uh, information there, the step-by-step uh, uh, how-tos like how to make a pen, uh, the live edge mount, all the sliding barn door, all of that stuff. The All the instructions are there on the website. You can watch the YouTube video there. You can leave, leave me a comment. I would love, love, love to hear from you there on uh, on the website in the comment section in wrapping up uh this podcast episode uh i just want to say for those of you that follow me on a regular basis these projects uh and different things that i do in the summer uh and i know this now going forward my schedule is just sporadic. And so the last episode, episode 16 that I did, being in a rut, that was real for me because that's where I've been for the summer. I, I don't like being outside of my schedule. I don't like being outside of um, you know, what needs to be done uh, as far as work goes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm new at this working from home type of thing. So bear with me. I'm going to get back into the swing of things, get back into my routine. I want to stay on these podcast episodes uh, and just basically talk to you about how my work's going and, you know, what different projects I like and dislike and what I've learned and, and that kind of thing. I don't want, I don't want this podcast to be a, uh, just a fluff. I don't want it to be, I'm not saying the others are, I'm just saying I want to talk to you on the podcast about what's going on in my my work and my projects and what I've learned, maybe bring the kids on that kind of thing. So, you know, hopefully starting next week, I'll get back into my routine and getting these things, uh, or these projects pumped out on a regular basis. So anyway, thank you guys that listen to this, that check out the website, that subscribe and comment on YouTube. It really, really means a lot to me and it really helps me, um, do what I do. And I I can honestly say that. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Hey, before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, anywhere podcast are played by searching for stone and sons. Also to get notifications when I go live, follow me on Twitch and subscribe to me on YouTube. You can find all of the links below or in the description, including the show notes from today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.